All right, Let, let's come to God's word this morning. Now, you know, one of the famous, often quoted verses in the Bible is Romans 8, 28, which says, and we know that in all things, everybody say all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who, who have been called according to his purpose. And, and this is a tremendous promise. Yeah, if you've ever claim this promise at any time, wave, yeah, you, you've called out to God and held on to that promise. It is a fabulous, fabulous truth. And uh, I'd encourage you to memorize these promises and, uh, you know, get hold of them. And, and this, this truth that in all things, and really when we talk about all things, we're really talking about the so-called bad things. You know, in good things, we know God is working for our good. But what about when we face disappointment? What about when we face distress? How do those things work for our good? And yet the promise of God is that in all things, God works for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose. And this morning, we're going to continue our journey in the book of Genesis. Okay, and we're going to go... We're going, to, we're going to look at several chapters. The challenge today is we've got to cover a lot of, you know, over 10 years of events in 30 minutes. So we really need much of the grace of God. And uh, last week, Manish and, and Nawaz, you know, served us wonderfully as they spoke about Isaac and, uh, and his two sons, Jacob and Esau, and all that happened between them. And we're going to skip a few chapters and take on from there. And this morning, we're going to look at the life of Joseph. Okay? So if you would turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. And, and Joseph, you know, there are four great patriarchs in, in Genesis. We've got Abraham. We've got Isaac. You've got um, Jacob or Israel as he's known, and then you have Joseph. And, and from 37, right up to chapter 50 in Genesis, so many chapters are taken up by Joseph. He, he is an important person in the, in the Bible. And uh, remember, what we're trying to do is also we're saying, where is Christ in all of this? And today we will see Jesus over and over again in the life of Joseph. Amen. So let, let's pray this morning. Lord, we come to you this morning. We, we thank you for your word, which is living, which is eternal. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us through your precious and holy word. Open up your word this morning. I pray for your grace and anointing upon me, Lord. Help me to be, be clear as I speak. We pray for each one of us that the word would touch our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, just pulling out some notes. Okay, so in Genesis 37. Now, just to fill up a little gap between what happened last week when, when we covered the story of Jacob and Esau, and uh, we've reached now, this is what has happened. Jacob has married. He's got 12 children. 
He's moved from where he was with Laban. He's moved with his. He's moved back to Canaan to where Isaac uh, was, and uh, he had left with nothing but the shirt on his back. You remember the promise he made. He says, "Lord, if you will bring me back, I'll I will give you ten percent of everything I did." He had gone with nothing, but now he comes back loaded. He's got children. He's got two wives, two concubines, 12 children, you know, or 11, and Rachel is born. Uh, Rachel gives birth to Benjamin a little later. He's rich, and he's got camels and donkeys and cattle and everything else. He, he's rich. And along the way, he makes peace with Esau, his brother who said, I am going to kill him. And he had run away from him. But, and Esau had come to meet him, you know, but... Jacob prays in the middle of the night. He wrestles with God and he is a transformed man. His name, God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Right? And, he, and suddenly even Esau, Esau's heart towards Jacob is changed and he hugs him and the brothers are, you know, love one another and there's no hostility and enmity. And that, that, that was... That was, you know, that, that's what happened to Jacob. And then we, we, we looked at, ja we were looking now at chapter 37, where we see Jacob with his uh, 12 children. And uh, let's read. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. This is Genesis 37, verse 1 onwards. And it starts off by talking about one son, and that is Joseph. Now, Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. And he says, Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So starting off, this is the background. We, we see that Joseph is born into a really dysfunctional family. His father has two wives, two other servant girls whom he's had other children. And this father loves Joseph more than all the other children. Okay, that's how, and he is, and, and not only does he love him, but his love is demonstrated in favoritism. Okay, here, he says, you know, he gave him a richly ornamented robe that distinguished him from all the other brothers. Now, think about your family. You know, maybe there was a favorite among your parents. Maybe you were the favorite, or maybe you were not the favorite. You know, somebody else was, and you could tell the difference. Okay, and in this case, it's like this. There are, you know, 12 children for Christmas. All of them get those old Nokia Dabba phones for Christmas. Joseph gets the latest iPhone 12. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious. There's something wrong. You know, we, we, we can't even do WhatsApp. We've got to just send messages. And here he can do videos and everything else. And so the brothers did not like Joseph. Okay. And to make matters worse, we see uh, Joseph had a dream, and, we, okay, and, he, and he told it to his brothers. 
and they hated him all the more. Talk about a happy family. Okay, this is it. He says, so, so we're going to look at the story of Joseph in, in, three, in, in three parts. Maybe look at the, a little bit of the fourth bit as well. And the first bit is his family life and his time here. So you see the family is born and the father loves him, his brothers hate him. Okay, and here we see that God speaks to Joseph through a dream, this prophetic dream. So we see Joseph and prophecy, the prophetic in Joseph's life. Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. He said, listen, guys, come here. I want to tell you my, my dream. So they said, OK, let's see what he has to say. He says, you know, we, we were binding sheaves of corn in the field. You know, that's good. All of us have sheaves of corn. But you know what? My sheaf rose up and stood upright, and your sheaves gathered and bowed towards mine. <laughs> now, it says they hated him before this happened. And uh, after this happened, you know, his brothers hated him all the more. That's what it tells us. Because oh, he said, do you intend to rule over us? Now, remember, he was almost the youngest. He had one younger brother, Benjamin. Okay, the others were all older than him, much older. And he's saying this. And then he had another dream, and he told it to his brother. He said, listen, I had another dream, and this time, you know, it wasn't just sheaves of corn. It was the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Joseph is the center of the universe, you know, and uh, this is like, you know, obviously, it's not just the brothers. He says, you know, even your parents, sun and the moon. When he told his father as well as his brothers, verse 10, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and bow down the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Okay, so, so, so here we see this is Joseph's initial life. Okay, loved by the father hated by his brothers, and then he's getting these prophetic dreams in his life. You know, that God is speaking to him. What, what do you make of that? You know, and, and this is what happens. Now, let's see how, how his life progresses. You know, he, it looks like everything is going well for Joseph. But in the midst of this, this is what happens. Okay, verse 12 says, one day, and we won't read everything, but I'll just tell you the story. So one day, his father told Joseph, go and see your brothers, see what they're up to. You know, and uh, he says, okay, I'll go, faithful serving. And, and he is a long way from his brothers. He's looking out for them and see what happens here. Okay, verse 18. But they saw him, this is his brother, saw him in the distance before they reached, before he reached them and they plotted to kill him. Okay, Genesis 37 verse 18. How did they see him in the distance? He was just a little figure. It must have been his coat that stood out. And they recognized this guy with the coat, that's our dreamer brother. And they had already hatred for him, but now that hatred was going to be converted into murder. And this was the plan. He says, come now. Here comes a dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns or wells and say that a ferocious animal has devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Now, Reuben was the eldest, and he, and he said, oh, no, we're not going to kill him. He said, we'll just... You know, he said, let's not take any life. Let's just throw him into the system. Don't lay a hand on him. And uh, his plan was to rescue him. 
So when Joseph comes to his brothers from his father, this is what happens. They strip him of his robe. Now, this is important. Remember, his robe is taken away from him. The richly ornamented robe he was wearing, verse 23. And they took him and they threw him into the cistern or the well that was empty. Okay? This is what happened to Joseph. And as they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. What did they do? Judah. Judah says this. What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to these Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled him out of the well. Okay, and they sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Okay, and, and this is what happened. And Verse 29 says, when Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. And he says, where is, where is he? the boy? He's not there. What can I do? And this is what they did. They took Joseph's coat, they slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in blood, and they brought it to the father and said, examine this to see whether this is your son's robe. And Jacob looked at it. He remembered this was a robe he had given his son. And he said, and they said, and he said, oh no, some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. And then it was Jacob's turn to tear his clothes, put on sackcloth and mourn for his sons. And he refused to be comforted. And Joseph was taken by the Midianites and he was sold as a slave in Egypt to Potiphar, one of the Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Okay, so that's the first part of Joseph's story. Dysfunctional family, prophetic dreams of a great future, okay, and uh, but hated by his brothers and almost killed by his brothers and sold as a slave. In just this first part, what can we look at? You know, how can we see Jesus? How can we see Jesus in here? Okay, Joseph was a shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd. Joseph was loved by his father. Jesus was beloved of the father. Joseph was hated by his brothers. Jesus was hated by his brothers. He came to his own. John 1.11 says, yet his own did not receive him. Even his brothers misunderstood him. Joseph told of his future sovereignty. Jesus spoke about his coming kingdom and his future sovereignty. Okay? Joseph was envied by his brothers. Jesus was envied by the Jews and the Jewish leaders. That's why they wanted to kill him. Joseph was stripped off his coat. On the, just before the cross, Jesus was stripped off his coat and his garments. Okay? Joseph was cast into a pit. Jesus was thrown into a grave. Joseph is sold for the price of a slave. You know, Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph was sold by Judah. Jesus was sold by Judas. Joseph's coat was sprinkled with goat blood and presented to the father. Okay, Jesus is our scapegoat. And his blood was presented to the father as a sin offering. So as you look through Genesis, we can see Jesus in not every chapter, 
but in almost every verse where we see, and there are many more things which I have no time to get into. But this is where Joseph is. Now, can you think what Joseph is thinking? He says, God gave me these dreams. I was going to rule. And forget about rule. From I've become not a ruler, but I've become a slave. My own flesh and blood have betrayed me. So I want to speak to you this morning. Do you have dreams? Has God said things to you? You know, and... Uh, well, sometimes we'll find that it may be members of our own family or those who are close to us who will misunderstand us, will not understand the dreams that God has put into our hearts. Okay? And, uh, and, and what we've got to realize is, hey, was, you know, Joseph didn't seem to have done anything wrong, you know, but what is it, why did these bad things happen to Joseph? You know, why did they happen? Was God with him? That's the question. And sometimes when bad things happen to us, we can question, Lord, where are you? You know, you promised me this, but I've not got anything yet. Yeah? So I, I want to urge us this morning to remember our verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That even in the midst of, of these difficult situations that you may be going through. Hold on to God. Say, God, I'm trusting your word. I don't understand what is happening, but I know you are working out for my good. It requires great faith. You know, we know that Abraham is called the father of faith. He, had, he exercised great faith in believing that God would give him descendants, even though he was old and Sarah was barren. Joseph is not just faith, but he is faithful. In the midst of all that happened to him, he, as we will see now in the, in the, coming, in the coming chapters, he remained faithful. Okay? He remained faithful. So, so here we have Joseph. He sold as a slave by his very own brothers. Okay? Let's turn to chapter 39, second stage of Joseph's life. Okay, now it says there in verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. Like I said earlier, Joseph is saying, Lord, you gave me the promises, but I'm now a slave. Where are you? This is the answer. Verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. Isn't that amazing? That is fabulous. That means even in the darkest of situations, the Lord was with Joseph. He had not let go of him. Okay. I don't know what situation you may be going through. It may be a dark, it may be a difficult situation. Okay, But if you've trusted in Jesus, you know, the plans he has for you are to prosper you and to bless you, not to harm you. you know? And know this, that Jesus is with you. And it says it very clearly there. The Lord was with Joseph. And what happened? And he prospered. He lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Okay. Now think about this. He was faithful to his father. He was faithful to Potiphar here. 
He says, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. So from just being an ordinary slave in the house, okay, he did the menial tasks well. But Potiphar saw that God was with him and because of him, the prosperity came to the household. He made him his attendant, first promotion. Potiphar then put him in charge of his household and entrusted to his care everything he hold. Okay, so from just being an ordinary slave, he became Potiphar's attendant, and then he became in, then he be, was put in charge of the entire household. Okay, and it says there, and he entrusted everything to to his care, everything he owned. Now see verse five. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned. The Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. Wow, think about that. You know, Joseph's presence there brought the presence of God and the blessing of God, not just to Joseph, but to his company or to his employer. Not just in the house, but in the field as well. You know what? You and I are beacons of blessing wherever we are. Whether we are in our home, we're working for an organization, studying in a college, we are the salt and the light. And as we stay faithful to God, yeah, we bring in the presence of God. And where the presence of God is, there is great blessing. What is needed of us is will we be faithful with the little that we have. Joseph was faithful. He had the lowest, he was just a slave. He was 17 years old. Okay, young boy, he must have been faithful in whatever menial tasks he was given. He was promoted to be an attendant, promoted to be in charge of the house, and God's continual blessing was upon him. Okay, so here we see the second phase of Joseph's life. He's a slave in Potiphar's house, you know, wondering. When am I going to rule? He's become a slave. But even in that situation, God blesses him. And then we see that not only the next thing that happens is that Joseph is tested. Okay, or rather, not tested, rather, he's tempted. Like, and you have uh, verse 6 says, So Potiphar left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, the next bit of this thing, the narrative tells us about Potiphar's wife. Okay, She saw that Joseph was well-built and handsome, and his master's wife took notice of, jo took notice of Joseph. And, that's what, and she desired him. Okay, Now, what did Joseph do? Now, think about this. He's faced with disappointment in life. His brothers have rejected him and sold him. He's now a slave, but he is tempted here okay and this was a critical test in his life what did he do he says verse 8 his uh, Potiphar's wife said come to bed with me verse 8 but he refused he says with me in charge he told her my master does not concern himself with anything in the house he owns everything he owns he has entrusted to my care no one is greater in this house than I am my master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. 
how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Okay. So in the midst, so he had opportunity, but in the midst of this, um, the situation that he was in, he remained faithful to God. Okay, because really he looked at that sin as sin against God, and you know I, I'm sure Joseph was very disappointed by by his life. You know, he says, "Lord, where are you? I'm supposed to rule. I'm a soul as a slave." You know, and but the good thing is his disappointment did not lead to disobedience. His disappointment did not lead to disobedience. Many times we may be disappointed with how things work out in our lives. And in our disappointment, we can disobey God's word. Okay, so, so let's be careful to, to be like Joseph and to say in the midst of disappointment, things have not gone our way. I'm looking for that Christian husband or Christian wife to get, you know, but nothing has happened. I'm looking for that job and the promotion. That hasn't happened. I'm looking for resolution of relationships. That hasn't happened. We may have, I'm looking for a child. That hasn't happened. So we can have many disappointments in our lives. But the test is, will we be obedient to God even though there are disappointments? That's what Joseph was. Okay? And then we see what happens. One day, Joseph is alone in the house with, with Potiphar's wife. Look at verse 11. And she caught him by his cloak or coat and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Okay. This is the second time Joseph loses his coat or his cloak. Okay, remember the first time his brothers took it away. Second time Potiphar's wife took it away. Okay, and when she found that he had his cloak in her hand, she falsely accused him of, of uh, attempted rape. And, and this is what happens. And the rest of the story is this. When her husband came back, she told the husband lies. She slandered Joseph and lied about him. Okay. And verse 19 says, when his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Okay. So here's the situation. Joseph says, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to lead a righteous and a pure life. I'm not going to give into temptation. Wonderful. Okay, w wonderful. This is what happened. But in, in the midst of this, he gets into not just a pit, not just a slave. He's now a slave in prison. You know, he think, if you think things can't get worse, it, it's got even worse. Okay. And, uh, and, and it's, it's not a comfortable prison cell. I'm just trying to pick out, pick out what it was like in prison. Okay. Look at Psalm 105. Psalm 105 says this. Verse, um, it? it speaks about Joseph in prison. Okay, verse 16. Okay, verse 17. He sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles and placed his neck in irons. So you, Joseph 
as a slave was bad enough, as a prisoner was worse. At least for a time, his neck was in shackles. His, his uh, hands, his, his feet were with shackles, his neck in irons. You know, and if there was ever a time to get disappointed, this was the time. He's saying, Lord, I'm, I'm standing up for you. I'm being righteous. And is this how I am rewarded? God, have you left me? Do you not know where I am? All right. But <laughs> God reminds us again. Look at verse um, 20. But while Joseph was there in prison, Verse 21 says, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So we see that everywhere Joseph goes, whether it is at home, in, in, uh, in Potiphar's house, or in the prison, in difficult situations, God is with him. Wow. That is such an encouragement for us. So no matter what you are going through this morning, okay, may I encourage you to focus on the presence of God. God is with you. And say, and say Lord, I don't understand what I'm going through, but I'm going to focus on you. Like Joseph, I'm going to be faithful in what you have called me to do. Okay, so, so let's just look at Let's look at Joseph in Potiphar's house. How does, he, how does that remind us of Christ? Joseph became a servant. Jesus became a servant. Philippians 2, verse 6 and 7 says, He, he humbled himself. You know, he, 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 he took the form of a man. He took the form of a servant. Okay? Joseph the servant was made a blessing to others. Okay? Jesus became a blessing to the world. Okay? Jo Joseph was a good person. In, in Potiphar's house, he resisted temptation, even though he was greatly tempted. Jesus also was tempted. We are now three times recorded in, in the desert, but he did not sin. Joseph was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Jesus was false, falsely accused by, by the Jews. Okay? Joseph attempted no defense. He didn't defend himself. He didn't say, no, it's not true. Jesus gave no defense at a trial. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, he was quiet. Joseph was cast into prison, though he was innocent. Jesus was sentenced to death, even though Pilate says, I find no fault in him. Okay? And uh, so, so we see so many things happening here. Joseph won the respect of the jailer, as we'll see now. Jesus on the cross won the respect of the centurion, was standing at the cross. Okay. okay, so here we see the second part of Joseph's life. He is in prison. But even while he was in prison, we need to remind ourselves, God was with him. Verse 21, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. What a blessing. Okay. Now, we, we've got to believe that, that the Lord will give us success in whatever we do, no matter what our situation is. Okay. What happens in prison? So we see Joseph 
rejected by his family, sold as a slave in Potiphar's house. From Potiphar's house, he's falsely accused, slandered, and sent into prison. What happens in prison? Can anything worse happen? Let's check it out. Okay? So in prison, along with the other, other prisoners, there were two notable prisoners. And chapter 40 says, there was the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt. Okay, both of them, you know, um, the, the, the role of the cupbearer is to taste the wine before the pharaoh or the king drinks the wine. So in case it's poison, he dies. And so both the baker and the cupbearer, for some reason, were thrown into prison because Pharaoh was angry with them. And uh, this is what happened. Joseph was assigned to look after them. And one day, you know, uh, they both had a dream. And, and they must have woke up the morning and said, hey, you know, I didn't sleep last night. I had this weird dream. I just, I don't understand what it means. And, 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 they, and they were very dejected. They didn't understand what it means. And so um, Joseph asked them, now look at it, in the midst, he's a prisoner, okay? But he's concerned about his fellow prisoners. And verse 7, so he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why are your faces so sad today? Wow, that's amazing, you know? Well, they said, we both had dreams, but there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph rightly said, listen, do not interpretations belong to God? Okay, tell me your dreams. So the cupbearer told him his dream. He said, whoa, you know, he said, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me and on the vine were three branches. And as soon as it budded, it blossomed and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup and put the cup in his hand. Wow, wonderful dream. And Joseph, by the spirit of God, interpreted. He said, listen. The three day branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand. Wonderful. Just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. Okay, and then he tells the cupbearer this. But listen, when you are restored, remember me. Because I have been, uh, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of prison. For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even you have done nothing to deserve to be put in prison. Now the baker saw that, the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good. He said, okay, let me tell you my dream, my dream, my dream. <laughs> and he, he says, listen, this is my, I also had a dream. There were three baskets of bread, and the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. <laughs> this is what it means, Joseph said. Three baskets means three days. And in three days, Pharaoh will lift your head and hang you on a tree. And the birds will eat away your flesh. Oh, no. That guy must have said, yeah, you don't know anything about dreams. <laughs> Last time I shared a dream with anybody. Okay. Now, the third day was Pharaoh's birthday. And this is what happened. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. The chief cupbearer was restored to his position. The chief baker was hanged just as Joseph had interpreted. But you know what happened? The chief cupbearer, verse 23, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So here's Joseph. He's in prison. Here's one chance for him to get out. He's, 
This man is meeting Pharaoh every day. I don't know how many times Pharaoh drinks his wine, but every day he's meeting Pharaoh. He could have just whispered, by the way, Pharaoh, you know, this, this guy in prison, the chief cupbearer forgot him for two years. Okay, and, and this is Jacob here. Uh, sorry, not Jacob. Joseph here in prison, once again forgotten, maybe once again disappointed, once again dejected. Now, what we need to know is that, you know, God is sovereignly at work in all the details of our lives, isn't it? Yeah. All the details of our lives. And, uh, and I'm not going to continue too much further, but just to give you an advance of the story, which others are going to take on next week, is this, you know, God raises up Joseph finally, and he is brought before Pharaoh, Okay. And, and we know he then becomes second in Pharaoh, sec second to Pharaoh in the land. And the point, the, the, the you know, and Joseph, sorry, the Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of Egypt. Finally, his dreams that he had 13, 14, 15 years ago, finally begin to come to pass. And the point I want to make here is this. Look at verse 42 of, of chapter 41. Then Pharaoh took a signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen. That's the third time Joseph gets the robes. Okay, the first time his father, the second time was in Potiphar's house, and the third time is now Pharaoh gives him the best robes to wear. Okay, and uh, here, here we see... So let, let's just bring this to a close. Okay. Well, how do we see the similarity between Joseph and Jesus? Joseph was numbered with the transgressors. Although he had committed no crime, he was placed with the baker and the cupbearer and other prisoners. Jesus was, was crucified on the cross with criminals. Okay. Joseph was, through the interpretation of his dream, was the pronouncer of judgment on one of the servants, on the, on, the, on the baker, and the pronouncer of blessing to the other. The same thing happened on the cross. One of them got salvation, the other did not. You know, and uh, we, we've got many. Joseph was stuck in the prison, okay, for another two years before God brought him out. Jesus was placed in the tomb for three days and then he was raised to life by God. Okay, let's wind this teaching up together. Can okay, to say that this, your lives are in God's hands. The dreams that God has given you, hold on to them. Okay, there may be many challenges along the way. Yeah, but know this, God is with you. We don't understand everything that happens to us. We can be disappointed. We can be dejected. We can be falsely accused by people. What's important is our reaction. Okay, what's important is how we behave. In the midst of disappointment, will we be obedient? In the midst of lies and slanderous accusations, will we continue to be faithful? When we are forgotten, will we continue to remember God, knowing that He has 
our lives in his hands. You know? And that is the wonderful story. And, and I think next week, the others will carry on with the story of how God uses Joseph. And I, I want to wind up by saying this, you know, that God's purpose in, in Psalm 105, we, we see this. It says, this is how God saved the Israelites. Okay, he says, this is how he saved the Israelites. He says, when they were few, uh, look at it, verse, Psalm 105, verse 16. He called down famine on the land. He cut off all your supplies of food. He sent a man before them. Joseph sold as a slave. Okay, that's, that's why God sent him there. And elsewhere it says that God sent Joseph ahead. Why? Because he wanted to preserve and protect the Israelites. And you know the amazing thing? When, uh, when all the Israelites moved into Egypt, there were only 68 or 70 of them. That's it. When they left, there were 2 million of them. Isn't that amazing? And it all happened because of Joseph. God used his life to protect and preserve his people. Okay? Well, what do we need to do? We need to be like Joseph, be faithful. Okay, so I want to, this is your takeaway. Be faithful in whatever you're doing. Remember, your company, your college, your school, your everything is blessed because of you. You carry the presence of God. Okay? Let's be obedient and not disobedient, even in the midst of disappointment. Okay, they say, Lord, I don't want to sin against you, against man. Okay, that's what we got to do. And even when we are forgotten, even when we are slandered, let's not hit back. Okay, I mean, the story is so fabulous. Joseph, later on, we see, had every opportunity to punish his brothers. All right, every opportunity. But he forgave them. Let's be, no, let's be people who don't take offense very easily. Don't take offense, okay? You know, we can, be so, we can be so quick to take offense and misunderstand people and all that. Let's not be like that. Joseph was full of grace, like Jesus. And God blessed him abundantly. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Okay. And uh, I just want to pray. Just feel God saying, is there, if you have a disappointment this morning, you're disappointed with something, your life, you know, where things are, your job, your family, your marriage, no children, lack of children, or maybe disappointed with your children or anything else. Okay. Whatever the situation is, let's, you know, let's pray that God will come in. Okay, maybe you're looking for the promotion, you've been overlooked, you know, but we know that God is in charge of everything. You've been praying for people to be saved, to be healed. God is in charge of everything. Okay, we will say, Lord, I'm holding on to you. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you. You are the sovereign ruler of the universe. Lord, you ordered Joseph's life from the time he was in his father's house till the time he was in Pharaoh's palace, Lord, in a wonderful way. But although he suffered, you had a purpose because out of that suffering and out of his life, you brought the deliverance and the exponential increase of your people, Israel. Lord, thank you that you have plans for us as well, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. Lord, I pray now that by your spirit, we would be full of faith. We would be faithful and we would be obedient, Lord. 
Lord, in the midst of trials, disappointments, discouragements, and not being considered or forgotten, Lord, we know that you are with us. Lord, I pray your blessing upon everything we touch and put our hands to, Lord. Pray for supernatural blessing that people would know that God is with us. Our families would be blessed. Our companies would be blessed. Our schools, our businesses, our homes, our societies, Lord, our colleges, everything we're involved will be blessed because we carry the presence of God. We speak that in Jesus' name. Amen. 